0: <laughs> hi everyone welcome to the thriving on purpose broadcast my name is sebastian richard
1: and i'm elizabeth richard
0: and we're so happy you could join us tonight and uh, right from the get-go i just want to take a few moments to just uh, thank you our faithful audience just say how much i appreciate you uh, how much we appreciate you uh, everybody joining us on the podcast, on the broadcast, everybody who's engaging in, uh, with us, uh, everybody who uh, signed up to the newsletter—we're uh, so glad to be that you're part of the Thriving on Purpose family. And without any further ado, uh, you probably saw the title, and maybe some of you are like, "Whoa, that sounds om- uh, ominous. <laughs> Am I guilty of defaming God? Wow." And and, and I know it, it. It it's a it's a a very important subject. I, I really have it on my heart. And here's the thing. I'm just gonna right right from the get-go, right from the start. I'm gonna tell you, we're all, to some degree or another, guilty, of defaming God. And and I will get I will get into what defaming God actually means, uh, because, it it requires some explanation. It requires some definition. So defamation is defined in the dictionary as the act of communicating false statements about a person that injure the reputation of that person. Now, let let me repeat to you what the definition of defamation is. It is the act of communicating false statements about a person that injure the reputation of that person. Now, based on that definition, I think it's quite obvious.
1: Most Christians think that they don't do this on a
0: regular basis. And yet, let's be honest, we've all done it to some degree or another. Why? Because we're imperfect. We have an imperfect understanding of who God is, a a very imperfect understanding, might I add. And 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 most
1: most people don't do it to... Um, no, they don't do it in a way like they think that they're being very, um, you know, righteous and very careful and, and, you know, very uh, prudent. So it's really just a certain mindset that they need to shift that they need to change so that they're not uh intentionally doing this absolutely it's it's done unintentional
0: absolutely well it's done because we're imperfect beings with imperfect understanding of who our creator is he is so far above uh, us in terms of everything Mm -hmm. Uh, so we have a finite understanding a, a limited understanding. And he says it himself, my thoughts are way above your thoughts, mm-hmm. my ways way above your ways. And and it is true. I mean, when you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, uh, you, you you know this, you get this. Yeah. Now
1: and uh, I and I think that you know, we've talked about this very often. Often, more. Um, I think that you know, when we started understanding the kingdom of God and really diving deep into discovering the kingdom of God and yeah. the truths and, and how um, faith operates and and how to activate your faith. And a lot of these elements, we really quickly realized that there's a lot of this in the body of Christ that we're doing uh, without realizing because we don't have a renewed mind. So we're basically, yes. you know, programmed in the world system, the world's way of thinking about everything, about your job, about how to provide for yourself about provision, about finances, about education—the whole thing—even your health, like everything has been basically um, set for you since you were a child—and saying you need to think like this. Yes, and and in reality, when you have a kingdom mindset, a lot of that goes through the door. A lot of that you have to undo. You have to unlearn, and I think that's one of the biggest things we realize that. Uh, we had we had to redo, like renew our mind it's, completely. It's a
0: mind shift of major proportions yeah. because a lot of the things of the kingdom operate in reverse or in, in, in the opposite way. Of, 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 of how what the Satan world, has
1: put in place. Of
0: basically. what Satan has put in place. He's yeah. perverted everything. Yeah. And we're going to talk about Perversion uh, uh, a little later, uh, but I love how you say that the, the world system is messed up mm-hmm. in its uh, in its ways and its way of doing things, and also in the uh, in its perception of God. For example, when we uh, like many people who have homes, who have a house uh, or cars, uh, we, we sign for an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. and in the insurance policy, if you take the time to read it, they have a certain section that is called Acts of God. Now, what are Acts of God? Is it when you receive a big check in your mailbox, or is it when you're so showered with grace that you tears start flowing? No, no, according to the insurance policies, Acts of God is whenever really bad things happen. Mm -hmm. So uh, a tree falls on your car. That's an act of God. An earthquake—that's an act of God. Uh, a flooding from a river nearby, act of God. So and everything in those God,
1: cases, they will not pay you, well, even if you paid them for months and months. So you sign this, and in reality, they're saying, "Well, if God did this to
0: you, we, we will
1: not pay you. We work for the it, devil, is, you know,
0: so so we don't care what God does. Like we work for the devil, and he doesn't want to pay for acts of God.
1: So think about." How twisted that is! Well, The devil is making you believe that God is wanting to, you know, make destroy a tree your fall home. on your yeah. car, and because of that, well, sorry, you know, we couldn't predict this. This is what you know. This is not the normal thing, so we're just not going to pay for whatever it is. Well, you know? see
0: that that Tornadoes is is, or is a is a way of defaming. The name of God. It, yeah. it defames God. And it's right there in our insurance policies. I know. Uh, I was
1: talking to my aunt the other day, and we we're talking about how the, the weather is so wacky. Um, you know, we've here in Canada, we've had like a lot of rain all of a sudden. Like usually July is pretty nice, and then lots and lots yeah, of rain, and then big hot temperatures, and just, you know, kind of out, out of the normal, and then cold, cold like before that. And it was really, really weird and she's like i don't know what's going on everywhere around the world there's all kinds of things going going wrong with the weather and then she says it makes you wonder you know what what is god doing like what's going on you know with god and yeah. yeah, when
0: things are out of whack we 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 well not not all of us but but sometimes the reflex is like what is god doing Mm-hmm. Like that's the you know the, for for the people in the street or whatever, what's God doing? Uh, and so I address this in in detail in chapter five of Kingdom Fundamentals. For those of you who are just joining us, for those of you who haven't been following Thriving on Purpose for a while, I just published on July first my my latest book called Kingdom Fundamentals, in which I dive very 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 deep in the things of the kingdom of God, how the kingdom, yeah. of, what the kingdom of God means. And what it means for you, in other words, what the what the kingdom of God, how it operates, and how you should operate in it, or what you should know about it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, chapter five is about the love of God. I titled it "God is good," all the time. I, I I titled it that because we say that all the time, right? We we always say like in church. We have this like it's a it's like a rhetoric. It's a popular rhetoric. You you go in church and say God is good, and the other person say all the time, yeah. (laughs) And we say that all the time, but do we really understand it? Do we really mean it? Do we really live it? And when people talk with us or when they, they observe us, do they really come to believe that God is good all the time? So we're gonna look a little bit about this because that is part of, for the Christian, it is part of how we sometimes defame uh, God, okay? Dwight L. Moody said this, and I really like this quote. So Dwight L. Moody said, if you can really make a man believe you love him, you have won him. And if I could only make people really believe that God loves them, what a rush we would see for the kingdom of God.
1: Right.
0: That is such a powerful statement Mm
1: -hmm.
0: because it is central to everything that God is and to everything that man needs. And it's the love of God. And yet it is one of the things that we misunderstand the most. In uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it to you from the New Living translation. I love how Paul basically says that we just don't get it. We don't get the love of God. Here's what he wrote. Ephesians 3: 18 and 19 that's from the New Living translation. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So in other words, Paul is saying here, that his greatest hope is for us to understand the love of God that's one part that that's the first part but right. at the end basically he's saying that we cannot be made complete full of life and power unless we know receive and experience the love of God that is is such a powerful statement I mean this well you could do a whole series on that, and and it's uh, I think at the chapter five in, in Kingdom Fundamentals, which talks about the love of God, is uh, is probably one of the biggest, yeah. longest chapters in the book.
1: And uh, and when we started learning about this kind of content, we didn't even realize, you know, that like we always assume when we're talking together that we know that God is good. You know, it you don't like any Christian you'd ask, you think you know God is has like. Aside to him that's you know not righteous or not what the Bible says or like everybody's gonna every Christian's gonna say no not. God is perfect God he's is righteous he's wonderful and you know like we're not worthy to to you know be near him and and whatnot and yet in our words and the mm-hmm. things that we um unknowingly say sometimes don't like take weight and realize what they mean we're hinting that he isn't that great and that he occasionally will allow um, bad things to happen and things like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I love, I love that you bring that up because we're going to dive deep into that because this, see how Paul says it's so important and crucial that we understand the love of God, it's so yeah. true because one of the things that Satan attacks the most is people and believers' understanding of the love of God, Mm -hmm. our identity as sons and daughters of the most high. Once we're saved, he attacks that vehemently. He attacks it constantly. He perverts our understanding. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to dive deep into that word perverting what it means because see, I used to, uh, because in, in in French and English sometimes you get words that sound that, that are, are said to be the same, but they're not quite the same definition. And, and perverse in French oftentimes means more of a of a of a Social deviant thing. deviant deviancy.
1: Deviant, yeah.
0: A, and and there's a part of that, but perverse is a bigger thing. And and Satan loves to pervert our mindsets, mm-hmm. pervert our understanding. So he takes what God is, what God does, and he perverts it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's such a thing. As, so,
1: and yeah, and we've, yeah. the more you study kingdom, and you're going to see that as you read kingdom fundamentals, there's a lot of things that you're going to learn that are truths that you're going to say, Oh my gosh, like that in the world or that taught in the church is this, and that's a direct slap in the face of God. Exactly. And, and it's because people not because they want to be mean these pastors are are good men but they just didn't understand the truths of the kingdom of god and so they're corrupt with the world thinking uh that we've been brainwashed with and because of that we Deliver a perverted message to the body of Christ and everybody's thinking the wrong thing about God.
0: Exactly. And and it ultimately obviously it like you say, it's a slap in the face of God. Mm. Uh, but ultimately what it hurts the most is is our testimony. Mm-hmm. It's our Christian walk, our faith, mm-hmm. our relationship with Him. That's what gets hurt in the process. So perverse thinking, let's let's talk about perverting, like how, how we have a perverse mindset. Let's talk about what that really means. Mm -hmm. Merriam-Webster, the dictionary, defines perverse this way, turned away from what is right or good, also known as corrupt, improper, incorrect, also obstinate in opposing what is right, reasonable, or accepted. And I love that last word they put there, wrong-headed, wrong-headed. You know how I mentioned it was—it has to do with your mindset, your understanding. So we were talking about earlier about um, the, uh, blah, 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 the defamation, def- defaming, defaming the name of God, defaming God. And it's interesting because as I was meditating on tonight's study, God often talks to me when there's water running. Uh, when there's water running, it, it tunes my brain. It's like a radio station. Kind of like God tunes it in. And oftentimes I receive incredible revelations or downloads. And I was I was thinking about that. Our testimony, defaming God, how we how we do that. And then God showed me the tenth commandment. You know the ten commandments, right? There's 10. But the tenth one, the tenth one says, Thou shalt not bear any false witness against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. God is talking to us here from a human-to-human standpoint. He's saying, Don't don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And yet, how many times do we bear false witness? Against God Himself,
1: so can you give some examples?
0: Well, exactly, okay. I, and I wanted to talk to, about that a little bit. So, how do we how do we bear false witness? How do we uh, bring a, a bad testimony of who God is as believers? Because uh, I, I I don't remember was it Moody who said that he said of uh, of a hundred um, of a hundred people, one. Will read the Bible. The ninety-nine others will read the Christian, hmm. and that is so true. Yeah. If you take a hundred people, hundred average people in the street, maybe one percent of them reads the Bible, and the ninety-nine others, you are their Bible. Your actions, your words, your deeds, how you conduct yourself, the testimony you bear—you're the—you're the Bible that people read. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Like there, there's basically two camps on on how we defame God and the two big the two big ways we do that. The number one camp is the greasy gracers, you know what we call greasy grace. God is all love. Ooey gooey love. Love, love, love. He loves everybody. And and he, he wouldn't hurt a fly. He is God and He's all love. Well, that is perverse thinking. See, Satan, when he perverts something, sometimes he perverts it looking like unicorns and rainbows. And for the greasy gracers, that's exactly what he does. He perverts their thinking into seeing God as a jolly, Santa Claus-like, living in the land of unicorns and rainbows, uh, I love everybody, and no one can do no wrong kind of thing. hmm Greasy grace. You know what I'm saying. You know what like I'm talking about.
1: there's no about. sin, yeah.
0: And then there's this other camp that is more has to do with more like, like Christian fundamentalists, uh, kind of uh, watchman types, uh, where we, uh, we love truth. But we love truth. We love, we love truth. We love truth more than God. We love truth more than our neighbors. We love truth so much. We're such lovers of truth that we become... Uh, almost happy when we read it. There's there's kind of a a bad pleasure. Like, oh, when I read about the judgment of God that's coming, that's going to destroy the earth, destroy the wicked. Oh, I get excited. I can't wait for them to get what's coming to them. Oh, yeah, that's the God I serve. He's going to crush them. He's coming back with vengeance. Well, that's the that's the. You know where I'm going with it. That's the other extreme. We know
1: a lot of people like that.
0: I used to be one of those. (laughs) I'm sorry. I I, I was a little bit. A little bit. Maybe not as extreme, but yeah. Yeah, a A little bit. So the point I'm making is this. Grace and truth. That's our God. Grace and truth. Love and judgment. He's all those things. In perfect balance. In perfect balance the balance is so perfect we can't even understand it (laughs) no because we have
1: people on the prophetic talking all about grace and revival and and a mass uh mass salvation happening and people coming to god and saying no what are you talking about there's no judgment coming only good stuff and and then there's the other people who are like you're saying
0: Tsunamis are coming. Earthquakes are coming. Make sure you stock up on food and ammo. It's gonna hit big. The economy is gonna crash. We're all going down. We're going down, baby. So there's these two camps. They're both right, to some degree.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. But again, and perfect God can balance. do
1: both at the same time.
0: <laughs> so, so what I'm saying is, as Christians, we are called to be witnesses of the Most High. It is a high calling, mm-hmm. high calling. Now, the question we need to ask ourselves tonight is as a witness, am I defaming God by giving a false representation of who He is? Am I being too lax? in presenting a God that's only love, 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 no repentance? Or am I being too, like, better get you food and ammo kind of thing, and and and, and God is going to crush everything, and he's coming back, and, and uh, there's going to be hell to pay kind of person with no love? What kind of testimony, what kind of person am I as a believer in the Most High God? I think, I think that was something that I really wanted to bring tonight. So let's get back to perverse thinking, because I, 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 like I mentioned before, Satan as that's his that's his fun is to per- pervert our minds, to to basically get a deformed view of who God is. Because once a Christian or a believer has a deformed view of his Father in heaven, then his whole walk is going to be crooked. Yeah, The whole that's walk why you is have so crooked. many
1: pastors right now that we're hearing about. Um, you know, that are getting caught for sexual sin or that are leaving their churches because they know the the hot water is coming. They're going to be called out soon. Um, you have other, you know, people in the church that have been doing this for a really long time. And, um, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of sin. Okay. Like That's just one of them. But there's a lot of greasy gracers that feel like, They don't have to be accountable to God for any of this because, you know, he died on the cross for our sins. He, you know, we're washed by his love, washed by the blood of Jesus. We just have to pray that prayer and uh, go on with our lives. And, you know, we're just imperfect people. So if we fall, well, we're imperfect. And, you know, God God is going to wash us with his grace again. And, And it's just that cycle that keeps going on and on and on and on and on. And we could go in all the details of how a lot of that is demonic, but we won't go into that tonight. But at the root, it is, you know, sin upon sin upon the same sin over and over again. Oftentimes you're in a demonic cycle and that needs to be broken. But the whole point of this is that there's a lot of Christians out there that are using the blood of Jesus as, like you said, the greasy grace. Uh, christianity and so you know oh you're saved oh you don't you don't have to change any of that in your life no 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 like he you know he died on the cross for your sins so you just keep on smoking cigarettes and drinking and it's it's okay one thing at a time you know he he doesn't want you to be perfect you know yeah they're gonna say things like that instead of bringing the person to a true repentance and and actually wanting to please god and and being convicted by the holy Spirit.
0: Amen. So, in other words, Satan loves to pervert our thinking. Hey, George. And here's what I wrote here, a nice little quote. We cannot have what heaven has Mm
1: -hmm.
0: unless we think like heaven thinks. Right. We cannot have what heaven has unless we think like heaven thinks. Mm -hmm. Another one here is only right thinking can bring right believing. This is why Satan attacks our minds so much. Yeah. He attacks our minds. And the apostle Paul knew that. And he knew that the world system we live in is, is completely perverse. Because it's under his jurisdiction. Now, Paul wrote in Romans 12 too. We, we, we hear that verse often quoted by pastors and teachers. Yeah. But it's so good. And it's so important for us to remind ourselves of that verse. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed how by changing your your habits by changing ways the renewing
1: of your mind it
0: starts with the mind by the renewing of your mind
1: and how many christians get saved and um and then start changing all of their habits you know the the worldly habits and that's not a bad thing like i said that's a great thing but they don't change their mind. That's it.
0: That's the mind. There's not a renewing of the
1: mind that happens, but it becomes like a, uh, you know, we're going to do these traditional things, these things that we know are pleasing to God, but we're going to do them just because they're works that are pleasing to God, sort of like a sacrifice, but we're not going to change our mindset at all. Like that is fixed. We are the way we are and that's not going to change. But you know, if I believe that it's wrong to drink wine, for example, then I'm gonna not ever drink wine. I tell every non-believer that I don't drink wine for the for because one day you know I'm gonna go and and be with uh, Jesus, and you know that's the next time I'm gonna you know you you can have this like really bad testimony yeah. of like how religious you can be so you can, in these things. Sometimes you can change and your yet,
0: habits without having changed your and mind. And yet
1: you're gonna talk to that same person about covid and what's going on and they have zero faith and it's like they're fearing the government and the re- the mind is not renewed at all you know so we have to be careful of our testimony and really focus
0: on that so i wanted to share with you guys uh, an account from matthew chapter 17 because i think it really captures the the perversity of our minds even as believers yeah that we really need to bring into, uh, under the lordship of Christ. We need to take every thought captive unto Christ. Now, in Matthew 17, verses 14 to 18, there's a very interesting account. It says this, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus. So they is Jesus and his disciples. A man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, what does Jesus say? You poor man, come here. Let me heal your son. No, wait. That's not what he said. What is written here is Jesus saying, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? What?
1: Yeah.
0: what? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. But man, what is shocking is what Jesus said. We're not used to that side of the Lord, are we?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what did he mean, most of all? What did Jesus mean? You unbelieving and perverse generation. Now, who was he talking to? Was he talking to the Father? Or maybe was he talking to his disciples? Sometimes the Master can be a little hard on his disciples because there's some lessons that need to come in a hard way. So... Jesus said, you unbelieving and perverse generation. So if we read till the end of the story, see, at the end of the story, we understand, like if you read the whole uh, story in in context, they come to see him after he said, Lord, why could we not cast out that demon? And Jesus explained this particular kind of demon only comes out through um, fasting fasting and prayer fasting and prayer. And it's interesting that Jesus cast the demon out, right? Boom. Mm -hmm. So what does that that say? Well, Jesus was always prepared. So he he must have been a, um, I wouldn't say a continuous faster, but what I mean is fasting was part of his way of life on a regular basis. He was always filled up, always prayed up, always fasted down. (laughs) i guess we could say so the point is he was ready the disciples they weren't they weren't that that was a new that was a new devil a new level and a new devil and they hadn't met that one yet but he equated unbelief with perverseness in other words wrong thinking now it's very interesting because wrong thinking does indeed have a lot to do with unbelief right for example and you guys are gonna you're gonna be like oh yeah it's true. I am like that. Most of us are. Check it out. When it comes to praying for something that's relatively important in your life,
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether it's a healing, whether it's finances, uh, a new job, whatever, you'll notice we never doubt that God can. Who doubts that God can?
1: Right. What well, we, we say we, he we, can do everything. He can do anything.
0: We know he can. He's God. Yeah. What do we doubt? We doubt that he will. Mm. And why do we doubt that he will? Because we are not fully assured. Now hear me out there. This is this is big. Don't stop me when I'm preaching good. We are not fully assured that he loves us as much as the Bible says he loves us. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're still thinking in terms of, do I deserve this? Will he give me this? Does he want this for me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know he's good, but Maybe for somebody is he good else. to me?
1: Maybe for somebody else, it's more godly, but will, not me.
0: Will he be good to me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is good, but will he be good to me?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Do you see where this is going? The perverse mindset that we have, is it's quite simple, is that we're not walking in sonship see a son doesn't think like that a son knows that his father loves him and a son knows that if he's a good son and tries his best to be a good son if he asks his father something unless the father has a really good reason oftentimes to protect him the father will say yes so in other words the son knows that if he asks the father According to his will, the father is, it's always, yes, it's always going to be, of course, son, I love you. You know that.
1: Yeah.
0: So, so Jesus said, when the disciples asked him why he couldn't cast it out, he said, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So he basically answers them. So there's the fasting and and praying part. But in Matthew, the emphasis is put on their faith. Because you have such little faith, that is why you failed. And maybe, now we don't know, we weren't there, right? We weren't walking with Jesus every day like they were. Mm -hmm. So we don't know the whole dynamic of the situation. We just have this account where Jesus gets kind of like edgy with them and calls them a perverse generation, faithless and perverse. Now we don't know how much teaching had come prior to that event. Maybe he had been trying to get that nail in for a while. We can only assume, but. He was nevertheless disappointed in their level of faith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, there's another story. We're, we're talking about the, our perception of God. And there's another story that I want to share with you guys. It's so good. I call it in the book, in Kingdom Fundamentals, I call it the tale of a tower. The tale of a tower. And it's from Luke chapter 13. And it's a really great illustration. So there was a, a tower in the town of Silouan that fell and killed 18 people. Now, you can imagine an event like that would have been the talk of the town and maybe the neighboring towns. It's huge news. It's, it's big. It's, it's impressive. It's shocking. It's a, I wouldn't say it's their 9-11, but it was a big deal. 18 people fell, tower falling on them. Mm-hmm. So it was a shocker. It was an act of god huh <laughs> no no he wasn't but so so the average christian might think well he did this for reasons unknown to us right god made the tower fall for reasons unknown to us and maybe these people were judged by him that's often how we reason isn't it yeah and yet what did jesus say about that event it is so interesting what he said So it's in Luke chapter 13, verses 4 and 5. He turns to his disciples and says, those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Hmm. Wow. So he knows their hearts. He knows their thoughts. He knows what they're thinking. And he addresses it right there. The the perverse thinking. So do you think they were worse sinners than the others? No, they were not. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Mm. They were not worse. But then, and then he gives a warning. Unless you repent, he's talking to the crowd. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. What does that mean? Well, you will perish in an... Um, unforeseen way, you don't know when your hour is going to come. You might get hit by a car. You might get sick and die. You might fall off a ladder and break your neck. You don't know because it's an unpredictable fallen world in which we live. Right. So what is he saying? Unless you repent. In other words, repent, and then you're going to be under the uh, protection of Almighty God And once that is done, well, you have a shot. There's going to be more angels dispatched in your favor. It doesn't mean you're not going to die, but just means you might only, you will only die when his appointed time comes for you and not from Satan coming after you by falling a tower on you, smashing a car into you or whatever. It's going to be his time, his time. But it's interesting, and the repentance part, too, because the repentance part, we know that that's what gets you entrance into the kingdom, and eventually when you die in heaven, right? Right. So it's a really interesting, interesting passage, and we learn a few things in this passage. So I wrote, I wrote this, and that's in, in Kingdom Fundamentals, giving you an, some nuggets here. Contrary to what most people thought, the tower didn't fall as a result of God's judgment. It was probably too old or due to faulty construct. Just a theory. Number two, the people who died in the accident were not worse than any of the others in the city. That, that I thought was that alone was the nugget of nuggets. And finally, we need to repent so we can be saved because we know not how our end will come in this fallen, broken and unpredictable world. So here's what I'm saying. God is good all the time. It's true. And he doesn't want any harm or ill or pain or suffering or even even death for any human being made in his image. That was not his plan. That was not his plan. That was not his will. In Ezekiel 18.23, we read this. Very interesting. He talks about the wicked. Here's what God had to say about the wicked. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked declares the sovereign lord. Rather am I not displeased am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? He doesn't take pleasure in the death of even the wicked. <laughs> to imagine in the death of his children, illness, pain, suffering Think about that for an instant. And in verses, uh, the same place, Ezekiel 18, verses 30 and 32, says, Repent, turn away from all your offenses. Then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, people of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live, Mm. repent and live a full life, a full life. Now, earlier I said this was the wicked. What about the children of God? What about his children? Well, that's even that's the good part. Yeah, Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter seven. He's talking about us in relation with God when we pray. When we pray to God as a child, to a father. And I love how he portrays it. Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 and 11 says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Yeah. So he puts us in, a, in such a context. He brings us back to ourselves. He's basing, he's basically saying, if you who are evil, finite in your understanding, unwise, foolish, are able to give good gifts to your children when they ask. Do you think yourselves superior to God? Mm. If you, wretched that you are, are able to give them good things and want to do so, why do you ascribe to God things that make him more wretched than you are. Think about that. See, as and, a father, and as a think... mother, and a father, as parents, right? We we get that. Like when, like you read it when, when before your parents, you read that and and you get it because you you can imagine yourself. Or, but when you have children, it puts it in context, big time.
1: But you know what? I think that a lot of people, you know, see God as. Um, someone that gives blessing, but spiritual blessing. Yeah. You don't believe that God cares about what car you drive to go to work or if your car break, breaks down or um, if you have enough money to pay for uh, child care or, you know, homeschooling stuff that you need or whatever it may be, the needs that you have. And God yet he does care about, about all those things because they are part of your life. And they are part of child. everything that you're doing. It's like, it's sort of like, you know, if if my son tells me, mom, you know, I'm really, really interested in becoming a video editor and I just love computers and, and uh, you know, I love editing compu- uh, and fixing people's laptops and all that. And, and I don't know a thing about that, okay? I, that's not my thing. I don't know how to fix a laptop. And, you know, am I going to say like, you know, that's garbage. I want nothing to do with that. I don't support you. No, I'm going to say, oh, well, that's really cool, you know, and whatever he needs, you know, to, to go and study this, we're, we're going to help him to, to put money aside to get it, right? You're going to encourage your your son to uh, move forward in things that, you know, are going to help him, are going to, you know, create a good future for him, are going to help him to to get money uh, to, to provide for himself, right? You're mm-hmm. not going to say, Oh, I don't approve of that. So I want nothing to do with that. And God is the same way. Like he knows that you have needs, you know, even that's like a poor illustration. I mean, some of you need uh, money because you need to eat. You need to feed your kids. Right. And, you know, we all know, like with this COVID uh, situation, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people are still on this um, government check that they're living off of and they have a hard time getting another job. I mean, and they're waiting for deliverance. They're waiting for God to to intervene, right? And so if we don't have faith that he's going to do it, that he's going to provide a job for you, you know, it's not because you hear on the news, for example, that there are no jobs in a certain sector because they're cutting and they're doing this because of COVID. So let's say, for example, I don't know, let's say the, the meat market was really hit badly because of COVID and uh they decide to do a lot of cuts and they cut your job and whatnot. Well, it doesn't mean that you won't get another job in the same field. If God, if God wants, if you want to be there and God doesn't have another plan for you, because sometimes you know, God will use the situation sometimes he
0: better for you. to yeah.
1: place you in a better place, right? Yeah. So the, the question is not God give me another job similar to the one I had. It's more like, Lord, I believe you have better for me. Yeah. I believe that everything that happens, you turn, you use it for good. Yeah. And whatever the devil has done, you can take and use for your glory. Exactly. And so you can pray in faith and really believe that God is going to intervene on your behalf and and say, I know that you want this for me because mm-hmm. you're a good father. What father would not want me to have uh, a paycheck or have money or you know maybe you're thinking of going into business and you're like Lord I really want to do this and I feel like you're pulling me in this direction and I need you to bless this and I don't have much money but I'm gonna here it is you know I'm putting it all in I'm all in and just bless this and open doors for me and give me your divine favor and you you pray a prayer like that let's say okay. God will answer. He'll intervene because you are going by faith. You're saying, I believe that you're my father that loves me and cares for me and that you won't leave me hanging. You know, this situation that happened, I don't have to live with the outcome of what the world has done and what Satan has done because you have better for me. You're my father, you know? Like, think about that. And even from a non-father perspective, just – think you're working as a kingdom citizen for the kingdom of God. Like, you know, he's, he's your employer as well. You know what I mean? He's, he's your father. He wants what's good for you. He's your king and he's your employer. So he wants to place you where he's designed you. So whatever, and and I pray this all the time, you know, Lord, whatever you wrote in my, in my book in heaven, that has to do with my purpose and my, Book of Life, you know. I, I always pray. Let those words that you've spoken, because uh, He decrees things, right? And angels write it in the book. So whatever you spro- spoke over my life, and that's it, that's what He He's done. And then He in sent, you, and then He sent you to Earth to go and live that life. But most people are not living that life. So you need to pray and ask the Lord to to start manifesting on earth the words, you know, the, that prayer that the, he asked us to pray. Yeah,
0: the, the Lord's Let Prayer will
1: be done on earth, on earth as, as it is, it is in, in heaven. heaven.
0: That's exactly what it means.
1: And the words that you decreed over my life start manifesting yes. in this earth Amen. in Jesus name. Oh, yes. So you're going to start seeing things shift oh, when man. you start really having faith, but don't go and undo it. By saying something that has no faith after.
0: Best prayer ever. Yeah. These days, I mean, these last few weeks, that's been my main prayer. Where I'm really seeking the Father uh, for that exactly what he wrote in my book. Because yeah. what's exciting about this is that think about it, his perfect will in heaven, that, that's written in your book, the, the book that has your name on it, mm-hmm. his perfect will that's in this book, there's no defeat in that book. Right. It's just perfect. God will victories and 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 favor and great. You are living your fullest and, potential. And and, and so the, the thing that when we when we do pray the Lord's prayer and we say your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that sounds. See, I used to pray when I would pray the Lord's prayer. I used to pray it and and think generally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in, in politics and government in my country, uh, uh, gen- mm-hmm. generally. But when you understand, and no, no, this is specific this can be
1: very very your will specific for my life yeah your
0: will your specific written down spoken will from heaven when you dispatched me as a little you know little spirit there little baby spirit you dispatched me into my mother's uh, belly you had that all written down in advance all written down in advance may that will that is that was spoken and written down in heaven for me manifest itself in the most perfect way under grace in the earth realm in my life yeah uh, wow what and, a powerful prayer
1: yeah and once you pray that prayer it's very important to not go and undo those words so if you're praying in faith, you really believe it, you're saying, I, I'm really coming to you sincerely and I believe that you will come through and you're praying this, this kind of prayer, then, you know, oftentimes the devil will send somebody on your route to kind of put doubt in your mind. So sometimes we're too quick to, for example, to you know, we might say that to a close friend, you know, I asked the Lord this or I'm trusting the Lord to open a door in this area or whatnot. And the person will go, well, I heard on the news that they were saying, you know, that this and this situation, that's very unlikely because, you know, because of this and because of that. And they're going to put doubt in your mind and kind of say like, yeah, okay, that's wishful thinking, you know, but we all know that, you know, you should start looking for something else or you should start doing this. And they're going to give you all their advice and whatnot. And that's where you cannot be in agreement with people that talk to you that way. And it's surprising when you do these kind of prayers The people that come out of the woodwork, <laughs> people
0: that call you, people <laughs> that show
1: up that you haven't seen in a while, meddling, you know, Nancy's in your family, whatnot, that need to know everything about your life. Meddling
0: Madelines. Yeah. Yeah. So, negative Nancy's and meddling Madelines. So you Madelines. have to be
1: careful, you know, that you're very careful in your words to not be in agreement with something that's negative pertaining your future. So if you, you're, um, Hope like you're not in hope, but you're in faith of a certain situation. Then you're you're always saying, "Well, I trust that God is going to uh come through." Or you know, you may want to just keep it for yourself and just wait yeah. for God to to do these things. Or you might be very bold and want to talk about it. But just you know, don't be in agreement if somebody says, with
0: the negative "You know, stuff.
1: you know this." It's usually like this. Like, don't be like, "Yeah, I know." Like, don't yeah, say stuff. Like that. the
0: Bible says, "Where just two say, or, two or three agree." There, there. It's gonna be. It's gonna be done. So yeah. if you if you so agree you, with the positive, if you agree with the good stuff, so agree with people who have a, a big faith. Agree yeah. with people who can see big for you. So what
1: what you can say is something like, I know what it looks like. I know what it appears like. You know, it doesn't look like that's the this, thermometer. This thing should happen, but <clears throat> I believe it will. You know. Amen. Uh, I, you know, and it depends who you're talking to. Like, it's hard for me to ex- give you an example. Like, if they're not Christian, it's a certain way. If they are Christian, it's a certain way. But usually we we try, we've we've said to ourselves, we try to get off the topic as fast as we can with a non-believer because they just can't understand where you're coming from in the first place. Yeah. And when you start applying faith and start Getting even crazier in your faith because you're you're going up in your faith. It sounds even more crazy what you're yeah, asking don't, don't the Lord for. Don't throw your pearls
0: to swine. So, so in other words, your pearl, your your faith nuggets, your faith uh, statements, those are pearls. Mm-hmm. And and when when you're with unbelievers, they. they <laughs> They're gonna, they're gonna, run, they're gonna try to rip that apart. Like you have so you to have wanna... the
1: faith to back it up and be bold enough. If you, if you want to use it as a testimony and you believe that the Lord is wanting you to share it, like for example, you know, I've heard of of stories of people that have been diagnosed with cancer, for example, and they're in the office and they had a shocker, but they understand, um, they understand Kingdom faith. So when the doctor says you have this or you have that or whatever. They say, I know that's what it appears like, but I believe that my God is going to heal me of this. You know, so they're not, um they're not saying, Yes, I believe I'm gonna die, yeah. or you know, if they say I just have I have six months yeah. to live. Oh, oh yes, yeah, they're, six not, they're okay. not in agreement no, 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 with it. They're saying I know what it appears like, but the Lord is going to heal me. Yeah. Like th- there's been stories of women that were very bold like that. And so that becomes a really amazing story because yeah. God will not be mocked and he will heal that person right because he wants to show his glory through this situation and most of the times when people have been bold like this you know god has backed them up and they got healed and they went in for a testimony and the doctor said oh my gosh like i don't understand how to explain this this is a miracle i can't say i can't say anything else right exactly and so everybody's story is different But God always wants you to be healed. He always wants you to be, uh, you know, well. Thriving. Because you have to understand that the purpose purpose that you're here on earth is to glorify him through many different ways. And you can also glorify him through your finances. You can glorify him through your business that you Mm -hmm. create. You can glorify him through what you do with your finances that he blesses you with. If he's blessed your hands, which... You know, let's say you're believing in the scripture that says that he will bless the the work of your hands. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're applying this principle. You're applying this uh, promise to whatever you're doing. Then you're in faith with it. You get the money that goes with it because God is blessing it. What do you do with the money? You start blessing others with that money, you know, you bless your family, you provide for your needs, but then you, you bless the kingdom of God, right? And the Holy Spirit will show you where to plant those seeds, where to bless other people. So all this to say is that if we have a perverse thinking that God won't do this, because you know, uh, you're not worthy of having a nice car, and you're not worthy of having money, because you would spend it or this and that or whatnot, you're not having a renewed mind. You're not having the right mindset because in the kingdom of God, it's all about sharing. It's all about blessing others. Yes. It's all about doing good conduit. to other people. And oftentimes, I'm sorry for those of you that don't understand this, but, and I know, cause I used to think like that years ago, but you can do a lot of good with money hmm. a lot more than, you know, um, making food in your kitchen and trying to go bring it to the poor people, in a certain area in in your town, let's say. like there's so much you can do. Mm-hmm. At one point, you just can't do anymore because yeah. you're losing the funds, you're running out of funds, you're running out of arms. you, you know, that's why, a lot of these people that are blessed in uh, bigger churches, they're able to do more, right? Their ministry is able to do more. They get more funds. They're able to buy more, do more, have more hands working to do more, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how you have to think. You have to think, you know, God is going to use me. And the other thing is God will use you as much as you want to be used. If you don't want to be used, like, let's be honest. A lot of you will cringe at me talking about money, but most of you won't even dare to start a business because, you know, it costs money, you know? So yeah. like a lot of you won't put the skin in the game to get the thing rolling. And that's why God is not blessing you in return. Mm. So you have to, He's waiting for you that have first to that's your first step. You don't say, oh, well, God, if you really want me to do this thing, give me $500 so I can start a website and do this. And that. God works the opposite. That's not he how says, God no, no, no. works.
0: You know, if you really want to do this thing, prove it to me and then I'll, I'll, I'll fund it. <laughs> exactly.
1: and, and it has to be aligned with your purpose. So, you know, that's a whole other conversation for another time, but Lord guide me into putting my hands to work in something that is moving me, Holy spirit, move me towards my purpose. And you're going to be inclined by, you're going to be like drawn like a magnet To what it is that you're supposed to start learning to start that process you know a lot of people think like some for some of you it's going to be easy you're going to know like god gave you these strengths and this and that and you're just going to go from there and he's going to open doors as you move along
0: confirmation and
1: for others it's figuring it out and it's speaking to the holy spirit and asking for guidance and then he's drawing you towards a certain thing and then you just have to Take a step of faith and move in that direction. And God is really clear. I mean, he's going to show you. You're going to know. You're going to feel it. And the Holy Spirit's going to show you, no, this is not the, the what I need to do. Or, yes, this is a green light. You're going to know the difference, right?
0: Yeah. And I wanted to, like, when we were talking about earlier about asking the Lord, asking God, asking mm-hmm. as a son asks a father, asking as uh, a servant would ask the king, knowing that the king has unlimited resources, Always asking in faith, knowing that uh, if, it, if we ask according to His will, right? According to His, in other words, something that's going to be a good thing, like a healing, is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Having the funds you need to, 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 to pay everything you need to pay—that's a good thing. Uh, anything that's going to benefit you benefits the kingdom, right? Look,
1: I'll just give you a quick example. Uh, but I just want to okay, give a quick example. <laughs> you know, wh- when we didn't like we were following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, but you know, when I got pregnant and had my second child and I had a job that I was working like two, three days a week and I had to work every Saturday and Sunday. That was part of the, the requirements. It was a governmental job and I had to work all the time on the weekends. And he worked during the weeks from Monday to Friday. And we're like, well, how can we have a family life if none of us are ever home like a whole day and evening together? Like we We don't ever have a full weekend together. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's only like these uh, certain holidays once in a while and we're always working. How can we even have a sit down dinner apart from Saturday and Sunday night? And that's it. That's the only family time we're going to have on seven days. And we knew it wasn't God's will for our lives. So we didn't know like anything about the prophetic we didn't and we know didn't, about kingdom we didn't know about kingdom and all that, but, but we, we knew, said, we thought Lord, we knew, but we didn't, but we said, Lord, we went by faith and we said, we know God that this is not your will for our lives. We know that you're about family. We know that you're about us being together as a family. And this is just not the, this is, we're in the beast system. We knew that much. You know, I used to always say that I lived in obvious. Quebec and I was in Babylon. You
0: we know? <laughs> were, we're, we're I, in Babylon working and, for the beast.
1: And so I said, I, I, I prayed to God, get me out of Babylon. I'm like, we there has to be a, a better way, Lord. Show us a better way to live our lives differently so that we can actually have a family and a fam- family life. And one thing led to another. Uh, we we started the process of asking for a transfer for his job. And next thing you know, uh, you know, we made a list of the different places that we wanted to go and God blessed us with the number one place that we put on that list. And it it wasn't the first place that called.
0: And not only that, but when, when he, uh, it wasn't the first place that called, but when we got that number one place, the transfer, the transfer was not supposed to happen. No. And before that, you didn't
1: even say it. We were called to I think the third or fourth place on the list. It was uh, somewhere in New Brunswick. Yeah. And Sebastian was telling me, he said, I don't understand. We accepted, we we accepted because that's you know, we don't know like if we're gonna get our number one because your number one can come in a year from now, right? And we just want it out. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just accept this transfer, but the process keeps on going right until you get to number one. So the number one can, they can call you in five years mm-hmm. and you don't know where you're going to end up like in five years. But so, so I said, no, I said, I believe that the Lord is going to give us our number one. I just I have this feeling. And and I think it was the Holy spirit speaking to me because I did not make one appointment to go see any houses in that area. I didn't do anything. Like I was just making boxes saying I'm moving and that was it. And we waited, like, really last minute. And the Lord came through for us because I think it was a month later it, or something. It, maybe
0: three weeks later. It was surprisingly fast. It was surprisingly
1: fast. fast. And we got this call, here's your number one.
0: Boom. Number we're one. We're like. And there were 16 places we had applied. So, 16. you know, like,
1: if, if if you go by faith that God has the best for you, he will show up. And tell him about the transfer. Like, that's amazing.
0: Uh, well, I, I, We talked about the transfer on uh, other broadcasts. We're already an hour into this broadcast. So I'm not going to share the transfer well, I'm today. Gonna
1: say, I'm going to say it quick then.
0: Go ahead. Because
1: for those that never heard this this podcast, well, Go he, he got his transfer. And when he, you know, we moved, we, we sold our house. We came to a new house. We did all that in the middle of winter. The Lord found us a house in our price range and we move, and then he goes to, sh- he shows up to work, and they're surprised, because they're like, well, what are you doing here? We're Wait- not
0: accepting transfers at this time, because they were undergoing a restructure, Yeah, a restructure within the, the the mail sorting plant, meant that they were reassigning mail carrier routes to everybody, and it was a big deal, and a lot of uh, administration going on, so it was not, a, usually when that happened, uh, all the systems shut down, shut put them out, of transfer options Uh, and so so sebastian's request
1: just like slid in there it
0: slid in there and And it was
1: accepted so that was a god thing that was a god moment where he intervened and made it happen and there's you know a lot of other stories that we could talk about where the lord has done that for us and you know i call it like ignorant faith in a way like we went by faith faith, but we didn't understand everything so it doesn't have to be perfect all you have to do is believe that god has the best for you well jesus and every time we've done that he's come through for us jesus
0: said we need to be as little children right to have the faith of a child Mm -hmm. to approach the father like a little little child so and and it's funny because it reminds me of a great quote by smith wigglesworth and that quote is it's a it's i love it I love that quote. It's God is more eager to answer than we are to ask. Yeah. And that is the plight of most of us as believers. We don't ask, like the Bible says, therefore we don't get. And the reason we don't ask is that we know he can. Mm-hmm. We just don't think he will. That's For why we don't. All and we don't want to be disappointed. That's a big lack of faith. So we're like, I'm not going to ask and I don't want to be disappointed. But man, have you thought about the opposite? Have you thought about asking for that impossible thing and actually getting it? How that's going to take your faith from level two to level 9.5 out of 10. And it's going to make give it a huge boost, a huge jump a- and give you a reason to believe again. Think about that for a second. Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you on that thought oh well naturally i wanted to share something quickly uh it's funny because sometimes we read the bible you know and we get these these uh, verses or these quotes in the scriptures and we're like well see it's written right there it's written right there for example one good example of that is job 5 18 where we read the words of job's friend eliphaz so Eliphaz says this in Job 5.18, speaking of God. For he wounds, but he also binds up. He injures, but his hand also heals. And that's, we kind of make it part of our theology. God wounds us, but he, he also heals us. God God will, will, will injure, hurt us but he also heals us. Now we forget the source. See, the whole Bible is not like, we say it's the word of God. Yeah, but sometimes it's the word of people that are recorded in the Bible. And those people were not always examples to follow. And it's such the case is with Eliphaz. And probably part of that, what he said there, because the proof is in the pudding. So Eliphaz says this, that God wounds, but he heals. He he injures, but he heals. So at first glance, it seems to make sense. And it fits with the theology of most churches, right? Right. However, we forget a very important passage closer to the end of the book. We forget the rebuke of God on Eliphaz, Mm. where he accuses Eliphaz Of having spoken wrongly of him. Mm. So he basically accuses Eliphaz of slander. Here's what he says. In Job 42, verses 7 to 9. I'm angry with you and your two friends. Because you have not spoken the truth about me. As my servant Job has. So now... Take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly.
1: Mm.
0: You have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and so far, the did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. Hmm. And this is this is what I'm talking about. Perverse thinking.
1: He didn't even want them to plead their case. <laughs> so
0: Think you about go, it. You go you're gonna Job. mess it
1: up if you talk. He, he, you ask he,
0: Job to pray for he, you. He's gonna pray for you. <laughs> I don't want to hear a word out of your mouth because you you're gonna, like you said, you're gonna mess this up. <laughs> you have one chance, one shot don't mess this up <laughs> give it the job <laughs> but there's so many lessons there but that's how we that's what we do oftentimes huh i mean i've done this i i know i know like I, I i may it sounds like we're it might be a tougher word tonight but i'm guilty of it i've done it i know you've done it most people have done it. But anybody need-
1: and, and anybody's who suffered through anything through difficult times, you know, sometimes we have a wrong way of thinking of why this happened to us. Yeah. Why did this happen? You know, and we have a hard time wrapping our heads around the fact that a lot of what happens most of the time is is, you know, Satan putting his nose where he shouldn't and trying to hinder us. And um, you know, the Lord will use whatever is the outcome to to glorify himself and and for your good and sometimes you're so in the thick of things that you don't see it yet yeah but there is always a plan because god is not phased by any of this he knows all things he knows everything that happens and he knows what's written in your book and what direction you're supposed to to go in so you you do have victory so you just have to um you know Pray, and if you're in a, a storm, to really believe that God is going to see you through, and that He has better for you.
0: Amen. So, so let's make sure. Basically, the whole teaching is to make sure that our thoughts align with Heaven's thoughts, right? And um, that we don't defame God. And I like, you know, that, that there was the definition at the beginning of the broadcast of defame, but defame is to take away the fame of.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Think about that. When we defame God, we take away his fame. We we kind of de-glorify the Lord. So we got to be careful with our words, our thoughts, especially, yeah. because our words proceed from our thoughts. So uh so if you like this teaching, if you like what we taught tonight, hey, there's a lot where more where that came from. It's taken directly from chapter five of Kingdom Fundamentals. And uh we hope that this has blessed you we hope that you will share it uh, uh share the broadcast we yeah. hope that if you haven't already subscribed to thrivingonpurpose.com to our newsletter can they do that right now or no yeah, they I, th- I can think I? they can yeah
1: because we're we're, re-
0: we're restructuring the website but uh
1: on the right hand side of the page I think there's a section there's, where they can they
0: can still uh, subscribe be
1: part of the newsletter yeah yeah
0: you can be part of our newsletter because we know uh, with, with all the um censoring, change censorship change. and all that it's 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 getting hard on social media. So, guys, I hope you have a great week. We're on YouTube. We're on
1: Facebook as well. Just search Thriving on Purpose and you'll find us.
0: Thriving on Purpose. Uh, We're easy to find. And uh, we hope that you have a blessed week and uh, that this has blessed you. Be blessed. And thrive on.